countdown. Okay, welcome back. Welcome, welcome to uh, Bone Chilling Brews. We have a fucked up cult for you guys today. That we do. Nick already cracked her beer, so I guess I'll catch up. You know what? I figured I would beat you to the punch because every fucking time you're like, (laughs) yeah, this is bone chilling. And I'm like, fuck. (laughs) I always miss the goddamn opening. So I figured I would just. So uh, today, you know, I I threw all that shade at Porter's Uh the last episode. Uh Uh, I have my current favorite Porter. um, Because I want people to know I don't hate Porter's. I just like stouts better but uh today i brought my favorite porter from uh wild ride brewing it's the nut crusher peanut butter porter right on i'm okay if people know i don't like porters <laughs> i think i think porters are i'm a i'm a hashtag beer fan you know what i mean i'm a you're a no no you're a hashtag pnw beer fan hmm. slash slob <laughs> Or snob, sorry, snob. Not quite a snob. snob. Hashtag cheers. No, you're not. Uh, cheers, my camera. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah, today. Wait, I didn't. You gotta let me go over mine. Come on, man. Okay. Yeah. Um. Today I have got two with me. I couldn't decide which one I wanted, so I figured I'll just drink one fast enough and then <laughs> get into both. Hell yeah. So the first one I've got is a Boneyard. It's like their Pilsner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, called Crooked Pilsner. Yeah, uh, that's a good Pilsner. Dude, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, f- I found this cup at the Goodwill. Oh, Rogue Dead Guy cup. Yeah, Rogue, Rogue Dead Guy. So I've got, I felt like that was beyond fitting for what we're doing. Because little skeleton sitting on a keg of beer. Um, right. And then as a backup slash beer... Cerveza number two. I have a rogue honey colch. Ooh, I didn't know that you could do that, but that sounds great. Dude, it's so good. Like, imagine imagine the best I'm not gonna go there. Imagine the best (laughs) thing you've ever had in your life and (laughs) multiply it by ten. And it's let me just read you this description. Yeah. Honey Kolsch is our liquid ode to bees. Brewed with wildflower honey, this Kolsch-style ale has layers of subtle floral notes accented by the honey's natural sweetness that creates a refreshing balance with the hops and malts. Mmm. Dude, it's... It took four episodes for us to really show our beer enthusiast side, but um, that's half the reason I we f- started this podcast. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had to. I felt like I had to bring it because I drank a fucking Coors Light last time. <laughs> you know what? Some people love Coors Light, and you do too. I am. I am one of them. So my hashtag backup beer. I need to stop saying hashtag everything. You yeah. <laughs> um, my backup beer today is also a Rogue. Hey. So that wasn't planned. This is their double chocolate stout. It's so good. Okay, that one I would try. Next time I see you, Josh, I want oh, I'm bringing you to you beer. try. I'm bringing you all I'm, kinds of beer. Bring me the beer. I'll bring you some. But I want you to try that peanut butter and jelly. I believe it's a stout that my friend Kenzie made. Oh, her yeah. Her husband made. Definitely want to try that. I think that was episode two. Um, I am I've got into like that. 
two or three bottles of it. So, oh, what else you got there? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm drinking a little Buffalo Trace on the rocks. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't wait for the episode, and I didn't want to crack any of my beers, so I was like, uh, I need some whiskey. Uh, for those yeah, of you who don't know, my profession is bartending. That's what I do for a living. So, uh, sure is. I am kind of an alcohol enthusiast. Um, at a healthy level, I'm not a full blown alcoholic, but I do like I do like to drink. You partake in the in the joys of fermented liquids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, um, let me let me do the quick disclaimer um, for this episode, and then we'll chat a little bit. I have some life updates that I want to share. So, disclaimer: Bone Chilling Brews is an explicit podcast in every way. And we would like to do a trigger warning for today's episode. It does involve suicide and murder. So viewer discretion is advised. Please keep that in mind as you listen to our future episodes as well. You have such a calming, calming, (laughs) like soothing voice. And then it's like, all right, fuck yeah, let's dive in. (laughs) I didn't do my hey fuckers. I I know you didn't. I forgot to par- prepare my dad joke. Oh! Oh no, I okay. forgot. No, it's okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. You got one? Okay, well, well, Nick goes to prepare our dad joke. Um, I'm going to tell you why I love this porter so much. One, when you smell it, it smells like peanut butter and Nutella had a baby. And then the, the initial flavor... Is like a, a classic porter. You know, you get the chocolate and the coffee, and then the peanut butter comes out as you come out. It's like, as it goes down the throat, you get that, like, oh, peanut buddy. butter feel. <laughs> I, I, was explaining, I was explaining about my beer, because I wasn't just yeah, going to, like... Yeah, I walked into that at the wrong time. <laughs> okay, I have been you know waiting for an excuse... You know what I've learned from what? listening to my own podcast and hearing my voice what? once a week is I don't like my own laugh. I love your laugh. <laughs> well, are that's you good. Me? That makes one of us. Oh, dude. You know, I think there are things that everybody doesn't like about their own, you know, voice or... Well, my voice also sounds uh, like... Recorded voice, especially. My voice sounds so different, like, in my head. And then I hear it, like, how it sounds to other people. And I'm like, oh weird yeah same (laughs) yep i know i listen back to this and i'm like why do i sound so weird and then everybody's like that's just how you sound i'm like oh thanks that's helpful (laughs) um anyways okay i've been waiting for an excuse to use this but for my birthday which was in may soren got me a book oh that's fucking awesome it's called exceptionally (laughs) bad dad jokes so frightfully oh, yes. awful, yet wonderfully spiffing. Uh, so, oh, I'm okay. so excited. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to flip through the pages, and you tell me when to stop. Okay. Uh, there. Okay. We might have a little bit of a delay, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Find a good one? There is a bunch on this page. Okay, hang on. Uh... <laughs> uh... Just pick one at random. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. They're all so good. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> Today my son asked, can I have a bookmark? 
and I burst into tears. 11 years old, and he still doesn't know my name is Brian. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, let's let's see. There's one more. Let's get one more going. Uh, <laughs> why did the crab never share? Why? Because he's shellfish. <laughs> okay, I like that one a lot. <laughs> okay, so all right. Well, Nick, uh, Nick saved the day with the dad joke. You're welcome. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, I was. I completely forgot about this for for you guys listening um my life update i guess is that i just took on a job as a bar manager for a restaurant that's not open yet so i'm helping open a restaurant in my town so normally you come on as a bar manager and you have like a bunch of stuff to do times that by 10 and that's my current job i literally like my bar right now doesn't even have its second well one of its refrigerators isn't there yet and we're trying to open in like 12 days yeah so like how's that gonna go uh i don't know um like it's not (laughs) i mean i i don't have liquor on my shelves yet i don't have liquor um i don't have my entire cocktail list uh patented down because like every time i turn around somebody's got a new cocktail they want to add to the menu and like at the end of the day, it's my say, but um, yeah. everybody's got some good ideas. So like we're gonna do some liquor or like some cocktail tastings this week, which will be fun, admittedly, but also like still Why stressful. Why can't I be there for that? I know. God I know. damn it! <laughs> One of these days we'll do a show. Like we'll I'll make a special trip up and we'll do some like fucking around with some cocktails, and then we'll film an episode where we're nice and sloshed. How about I make my way down and we do it at your restaurant after hours? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure the owner will be stoked on that. (laughs) Hey, you know, free marketing. If this ever gets to a point where it's actually worth something. Oh, and uh, thank you to all of our new listeners. Um, Yeah, actually. Could you hear that? The loudest car car I've ever heard in my life just drove by. I did just hear that, yeah. To give a little perspective on why that was shocking to me is I'm in the back corner of my house. Like, see that wall? That's the bat. That's the furthest corner from the street that you can get in this house. And I'm in the wow. opposite one. And I heard that like it was right outside. I even heard it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some somebody's like going way too fast down my residential street. Okay. Um. <laughs> so our new listeners, we actually have quite a few. Yeah, we we just want to say thank you so much, and uh, we appreciate you finding the podcast. If you are listening on a platform and you like the podcast, if you could give us a five-star rating, or if you're watching this on YouTube when I eventually start posting it on YouTube, um, if you could like and subscribe, that'd be sick. And uh, what are the other things that you say about podcasts? Uh, I think it's five-star ratings on all the other platforms, but that'd be that'd be sick if you could do that. Yeah, five-star ratings, uh, like, and subscribe. Also, I just want to point out for those of you that aren't watching this, whenever Josh talks about liking and subscribing, he holds up a double thumbs up (laughs) and, like, says it with a smile. So I just want you to keep that in mind. (laughs) Because it's just like, if you could give us... (laughs) 
five stars and like and subscribe, that would be great. It's like, who are you giving those to me? Because, like, thanks, man. I could use them. Uh, Oh, shout out to Matt, Nick's brother, for leaving the most funny comment on our um, podcast on... His name is uh, Mike. I think Mike. Matt? Oh, I said Matt. (laughs) Mike. Shout out to Mike. Yeah, shout out to Mike. Uh, appreciate your funny little comment that I misread completely. Um. Yeah, I sent him a picture of that, and I was just like, I was absolutely shook by this. And he was like, haha, I didn't think it would have my name with it. I'm like, well, but it did, so thanks. He's, That's awesome. he's, he's a good, you know, it came with a five-star rating, so I don't care. My family can give me shit all they want, you know? Yeah. It is what it is. You know? I'm the youngest for a reason. Yeah. Get to be the baby of the family. Okay, so... uh, Yeah. Speaking of babies... <laughs> what about it? That's really fucked you up. You guys are having a baby? Oh, no. No, God, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, that is a bad... That. that is a terrible... Su- sub- sub- segue, Nick. That is a terrible segue. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I guess we're just going to get into the dark and stormy right now. <laughs> In my world, we call that a segue. <laughs> <laughs> I think this beer is already kicking my ass. Um, this is what happens uh, when we record this podcast at 8.30 p.m. Um, after yeah. working a full day in the restaurant. Well, you, I have no excuse. I didn't, I don't, I'm not working right now, so. I had to interview like seven bartenders today. It was a nightmare. I'm sorry, man. Well, let's talk about the Order of the Solar Temple. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so, um... We're, I'm just going to give you a little outline of the, the way we've set this research up. Um, so here's our little historic outline kind of thing. We're going to talk about the origins of the cult. They do have some Heaven's Gate influence. So if you've heard of the Heaven's Gate cult and their beliefs, there's a little bit of that going in. We're going to talk about the founders, the cult practices, and then we are going to talk about the events that led to the murder-suicide of the majority of the cult. Um, I think it was the entire cult, actually, um, except for the people just, who left. Just shy. Yeah. Just so, shy of, uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, if you want to kick us off with the um, history of the Knights Templar, which is yes. uh, relevant, I guess I should say it's relevant because they be- – so. One of the founders of this cult believed that he was a descendant of the Knights Templar. Whether he was or wasn't is was hard to confirm. Um, and then he also loosely based their culty beliefs off of the Knights Templar. Like, loosely. Um, yeah. So, uh, that's why the Knights Templar history is going to be relevant. So, we're going to go ahead and jump into that. And then we'll talk about um, the cult a little more in depth, specifically. So, mm-hmm. take it yes. away, Nick. So, um, the, the history of the cult, it becomes important because kind of like what you're saying, there's sort of like an underlying, what's the word? Like a, a, a taste of it and like as an underlying principle belief. Influenced by. Yeah. Influenced by this essentially. Um, so I'll just start off with the top of the notes. Um, the solar temple traced its history to the Knights Templar after the French Revolution and the Knights of the Knights Templar Templar they were basically like they were a military religious order of devout Christians um during the medieval era so i think they were also called 
Knights of Solomon or something? Yeah, like that? and they were also formed. Um, this is you know alleged, but they were su- allegedly formed to protect the Holy Grail. That makes a lot of sense because the the crest that they wore is one of the. <laughs> I love how I'm like that makes a lot of sense. The crest that they wore uh, is what a costume wears on Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like one of the knights he's wearing that. Um, anyway, that's just <laughs> your mother with a hamster. Um, okay, so military religious order of devout Christians during the medieval area, era. Sorry, They were tasked with the duty to protect European travelers who were visiting sites in the Holy Land um, while also carrying out military functions. So... That was founded in like the 12th century, and that lasted until about 1312. Okay. Um, and then this is going to go into a little bit of history about the knights specifically, but or a timeline, I guess. So in 1303, um, the Knights of Templar lost their foothold in Muslim, in the Muslim world. Um, yeah, that was a. I I was just going to poke in. Um, that's that was like part of the Crusades. And yeah. so they lost a battle, like multiple, like essentially a war with the Muslims. Yeah. So from that, they establish a base of operation in Paris where King Philip V uh, of France swore to basically bring an end to the order. That's, uh, and... I'm sorry, I'm just interjecting. That's uh, King Philip the Fourth. The Fourth. You know, Five is, I really is the... doubted... Five is the V by itself, and four right. is the one in the V, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. So, uh, establishes a base of operation. You know, Roman numerals was never really my thing. No, yeah. Neither is any form of fucking history. I'm, I was the worst. <laughs> history, I was the worst student. History has always been one of my favorite subjects, which is maybe why I'm good at, like, doing most of this stuff off the top of my head. Yeah. Like, I, Let's I do... just hope we don't have any, like, fact checkers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you like, know, by all Josh means... Josh said this in episode five of uh, section, you know, minute 130. It's like... By all okay. means, fact check me. I, I am happy to learn more. I am happy to uh, provide accurate information. Okay, sorry. You're, you're so humble. <laughs> um. Okay, so... They established a base of operation in Paris. Wow, I completely lost my spot. King Philip IV of France essentially swore to bring down the order. Um, and doing so, or how he does this, is he basically pressures the Pope to disband the knights altogether. So most historians would agree that the knights were disbanded 700 years ago, but some believe that they went, they just went underground. Which kind of leads credit to this theory that this cult we're talking about today, Order of the Solar Temple, has kind of like reestablished some of their roots here. Um, in the 18th century, some groups, most notable, were the Freemasons, who revived several of the symbols, uh, rituals, and traditions that was used originally by the Knights of Templar. And if you don't know what a Freemason is, it's basically like the world's oldest fraternal organization or like secret society. Um, 
I found just like a generic description on Google. In today's world, regular Freemasonry insists that every member profess belief in a supreme being does not have to specifically be God. Um, that no woman be admitted. Hashtag sexist. And <laughs> that the discussion of religion and politics be banned. So, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, so a lot of the um, Freemasonry Knights Templar are definitely involved in like the conspiracy theory level of uh, Lizard Illuminati and stuff like that. Um, so oh, there is, really? a, yeah, there's a lot of convoluted uh, information when it comes to Freemasonry. Freemasons, from what I've understood, are mostly just people in society that um, practice, like, not necessarily an extremism. It's just like, um, I mean, especially like modern day Freemasons are just kind of like, kind of just like Christians in a group a little bit. Like, um, I, I think follow so, a guy on TikTok. Allow... They don't allow women, which is super fucked up and... Well, no, uh, they don't allow the discussion of religion. So it it wouldn't be... Oh. You can believe in... They want you to, like, believe in a supreme being. So whether that's, like, God, Allah, Buddha... The first two are the same. Other. Okay, well... <laughs> I am not religious by any way of the word. <laughs> so... I mean... Yeah. I, I just believe you have your religion, and if that's what, you know rocks your little tootsie roll then right on no I, w I was simply pointing out that allah just translates from arabic to, to god. god yeah see i'm not very i i went to college but i'm just not very educated i'm sorry mom i mean <laughs> you know most of and, us aren't yeah uh but they insist that every member believe in a higher power right okay. whatever that is kind of like a, um, a, a and na a little bit a a n a and N.A. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Alcoholic Anonymous, their, their, like, their step system is believing in, a, like, one yeah. of their steps is believing in a higher power. Um, yeah. I don't know. That is completely off topic and not something I have the knowledge to speak with, speak on with any authority, but... Um, Look at that. Mm -hmm. As we... Mm. We're, like, gloating beer as we're talking about Alcohol Anonymous. <laughs> You know, it is what it is. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, uh, I need to... Uh, I, I can tell how good that beer is just by the, your face really special right now. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm going to stop uh, interrupting you. By all means, continue to go. Okay, so in today's world, regular Freemasonry insists that every member profess a belief in a higher power, that no woman is to be admitted, and that discussion of religion and politics is completely banned. So... Moving on from Freemasonry, almost 500 years later from uh, when the Knights were disbanded, in 1805, Bernard Raymond Fabre Pallerprat attempted to reestablish That's the a order. fucking name. Holy shit. That is a fucking name. Like... You better, you better be like some like leader or dictator with that fucking name. If you end up being I mean, like a fucking greeter at Walmart with a name like that, <laughs> you have fucked up in life. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> Hi, welcome to Walmart. I'm Bernard Raymond Fabry Palaprat. <laughs> Enjoy your shopping. Um, yeah, oh, I mean, it's it's something else. So he basically attempted to reestablish the Order of the Knights, um, claiming to be the head of the Knights. Okay. Um, so this led to his group splitting into many factions, which I'm guessing are just different like orders and sectors. Um, some of which believed the end of the world was imminent. And that's important to note because this is a big belief of the order of the solar temple. They basically were just waiting for like a catastrophe, a catastrophe to take place or like the end of the world. And I think it was like the mid nineties or something like that. Wait, no way. You're telling me that a cult believed that the end of the world was imminent. Holy shit. So original. (laughs) So original. Yeah. Um, so that <laughs> takes us into uh, our first cult leader. Yes and no. I'm just realizing that these notes got a little fudge. Oh, no worries. Like their placement. Are you going to jump in somewhere else? There was a little, I think, well, no. So I think that is, that is basically it about the history. Okay. Um, but there's some other information that I need to move down really quick. So did you like the crickets in the last episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a. Uh, I had a whole bit about how you threw a bunch of shade at me with the crickets, but I thought it was pretty funny. For those of you who don't know, Nick does uh, our editing. She's our current editor, and I thought I listened back to the episode, and as soon as I heard the crickets start, I was like. All right, you got me. That's fair. You're like, this motherfucker. <laughs> I, I did not, you know, in, in your defense, like, I think I felt the silence when you ran to go get the dad joke book a little better this time than I did the last time. But I think you did, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was that was funny. I thought that was hilarious. By the way, ready for it? Oh, so on Atta brand for us. Boy, yeah. So on brand. I know. I already, I already cracked into mine. I know. I saw that, so I wanted to play some catch up. Oh, look at that! Okay. For those of you watching on YouTube, this is why I love styles. Look at that. No, see through. <laughs> Can't see. Oh. Look at the head. You know look what? at the head on that. Mm. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Mine's mine's a. Oh, I just I love beer, so. I realize that this is actually in the right place. This is just some other information. Oh, that's that so good. <laughs> so good. This is some other information that's just fundamental to the history of it. So I'm not going to go into too much detail with some of these because we're about to get into it. But right. basically, this cult was founded in 1984 in Geneva, Switzerland by Luc Jure and Joseph de Mambro. Mm-hmm. Um, later, the order moved to Zurich where 33 leadership council members presided, in addition to the council members being in Zurich, there were lodges to perform initiation ceremonies both in Switzerland and Canada. Um, And by the end, or close to the end of... Actually, that's not even close to the end. Five years later, there was a total of 442 total members worldwide. 90 of which were in Switzerland, 187 in France, 86 in Canada, 53 in Martinique, I think that's how you say that, 16 in the United States, and 10 in Spain. 
but around the time of the mass suicide, which was in 1994, uh, membership was in decline. So from 1989 to 1994, shit started to hit the fan. Oh, I'm sorry. I had my mic muted like an idiot. Um... (laughs) I was like... (laughs) This is awkward. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> eh, no worries. Uh, I I started talking and then I looked down and I was like, there's no there's no little green bar telling there's me that I'm talking. Um, okay. So uh, before I get into the cult leaders, I'm going to just talk about what this cult preyed on. So they preyed on a specific type of people. Um, wealthy and into the new age kind of like movement that was happening in the like late 80s early 70s and and uh early 90s that was just like you know this uh new agey kind of movement that was going on with it um coming down to like you know healthy living and like admittedly a lot of their beliefs were pretty um I don't know, not bad, like talking about recycling and talking about, um, you know, organic foods, like just healthy living. And that's how they would draw people in is with Luke specifically, who is a fit man who had like quite a bit of financial success in his professional career, drawing people in with this like healthy lifestyle, you know, work-life balance, kind of like new agey mantra and then they had this like free trial kind of thing they were doing that was like you know it was essentially like free membership into the into the club you know it was a club it wasn't a cult yet to them um obviously nobody calls their cult a cult but um you would come and you would see the like their communal spaces and stuff like that and then they would suck you in so there were three rings of the cult there were the free trialers and then there were the people who would give up their um, their financial assets and live communally with the financial assets. And then later on, we'll get into to the um, more core group, but there was 33 core members that were like, cult was their life. You know what I mean? The, the solar temple was their whole existence. Whereas like the rest of the members were considered members of the cult. But not like in the inner circle. So we'll get into that a little bit. So was was that the Amada, the Arcadia, and the international chivalric like groups? Because there, it, I read that there were like three areas essentially of the cult. No, so I think so. Yes, but like uh, the third area didn't get created until like the nineties when the the membership started falling off and they had to suck certain people like in. You know. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because um, the third. <clears throat> What I found was the third level layer, like it's a bean dip, <laughs> <laughs> kind of just a culty bean dip, you know. Um, the third layer was basically like the initiation. Yeah, yeah. But okay. Um. Well, no, no, no. So level one was the initiation. Level two would be like entering the cult, and then level three was like the intersect of the cult. Oh. These would be the people that they would trust. Um, to like run international groups and stuff like that. I gotcha. Yeah. All right. So Joseph D'Amelio, one of the cult's founders, was born in France in 1924. He was a jeweler by trade. After, I'm sorry, what what was this word that you used here on the second line? Irregular. 
Oh, irregular. Sorry, that's that my brain could not do that word. Again, dyslexic. Yeah, after... Um, <laughs> after irregular fighting with the French justice in uh, 1971 and writing some bad checks, D'Amelio uh, moved near the Swiss border. D'Ambro. Um, D'Ambro. Yeah, I don't know why I said D'Amelio. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. um, D'Ambro, which like what a culty name. I'm D'Ambro. Um. I have I have some funny jokes about the the robes. I I, I mean they're funny oh, to me. No. So, um, like, are you even a cult if you if you don't have robes, bro? Like, are you even culting, bro? <laughs> are <you laughs> hashtag Are you culting? Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Believes. <laughs> so a lot of stuff happened. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off notes for here for a second. A lot of stuff happened in between his jeweler trade and him being a uh, cultist. Um, this man collected cults like they were Pokemon cards. Uh, we're gonna talk about him. <laughs> yeah, dude. He he like he had he was a part of one cult, and then he was a part of another cult that I could not find the name of. Um, Jonestown. I choose you. <laughs> seriously, dude. Like bad. Um, he also had a, uh, an advisor, weirdly, like, uh, will you help me remember this guy's name? Um, it was Jacques, Jacques what was his Byers. last name? Byers. Yeah. So Jacques Byers was weirdly with this guy for a long time. And he was like a weird influencer in the background of the cult. Like he had something he briefly to do. Yeah, so he was like their advisor, which is like so weird to have an advisor for a cult. Um, like imagine like going to your like regular church and they're like your pastor has an advisor. That's fucking weird. Um, but well, so I think I think the reason for that though was because he was a like pro prolific estor, est, esoteric. God damn it, pro. Let's say that five times fast. <laughs> a prolific esoteric author okay um, so that's essentially right. he he had the idea of creating this is a quote he had the idea of creating clubs to feed into the group and spread its ideology while leading to more concrete action was solidified so basically he had this like what a cult is just in words right okay so these guys took to that like moths to a flame um because it's like, oh, this is basically how we can get people under our control. Right. Um, yeah, so... Which we don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if that was, like, if he actually worked physically with these guys or if they were just like... Well, from what I could find on the guy is he was, he was like, Joseph DeMambro's, uh, like, direct advisor for many years. Oh, okay. So he was very much influenced with the cult. I know that he spoke to the cult um, on multiple occasions. He was the reason they were going to try to make them move into Canada, which I don't believe ever actually happened, but it was in their plans. So, Like the base group? Uh, yeah, the, the, the Switzerland group. Gotcha, okay. Um, which was 90 members strong, right? Switzerland, yeah, 90. Yeah. 90 and then france was 170 or 187 187 um okay so demambros had 
a hand in the ancient and mystic order of Ro- Rosicrucius. Roche, sorry, that's a hard word for my mouth to say. Rosha Crucists, which was another cult that he was in before creating his own cult in 1973 called the Center for Preparation of the New Age, um, where he became a full-time spiritual master in 1976. So that was, uh, he, he founded it in 1973, and then 1976, he was the spiritual master, which, big surprise here, he uh, becomes the master of the cult that he starts. Shocker, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, His group purchased a house in France and in uh, Guenevieve. Geneva. Geneva. Why did I say Guenevieve? Because I don't know, man. But I love you. I know a person named (laughs) Guenevieve, but that's not how you spell their name. I do, actually, oh, wow. yeah. But that's not how you spell their name. Uh, regardless, no, that's, in that's Geneva, Geneva, which is in Switzerland, um, they uh, parcel the commune lifestyle. Um, so kind of similar to the cult that he would create later with Luke. However, Mambro felt that the order in the group needed to expand. So on July 1978, DeMambro founded the Golden Way Foundation, his third cult, if you're counting, uh, fucking Pokemon cards. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, dude, like, how many people, how many cult leaders have you ever researched that have... (laughs) I'm gonna be the very best that you have ever seen. You're my cult! (laughs) Uh, Gotta join them all. Uh, you teach me and I'll teach you. Join my cult. Oh my god. Oh god. Okay. Okay. So DeMambro being the uh dad bod holding um schlub that he was needed a chari- charismatic leader. So <laughs> he needed a charismatic leader, so that's how uh Luke got involved. Um, I didn't yeah. write that in the notes here, but he found, you know, obviously the, the ripped, you know, new age lifestyle kind of go get him kind of guy real front, uh, yeah. front face. If, if they were a band, he's the front man. You know what I mean? If, if, yeah, 100%. He actually, so DiMondro met Luke through a, at the time, current member, um, one of which had died during the October 4th sacrificial killing or sac- sacrificial, uh, like mass suicide. Mm-hmm. But so, um, I did find a lot of sources. Police, um, were investigating that mass suicide as more of a murder situation. Yeah. Um, so from what I could find, only 15 of the original members, um, actually were aware of the suicide um wait do you want to go over this yeah we'll we'll go over this later sorry i'm jumping around a little bit um okay so where we're at in the timeline is uh 1978 he founded the golden way foundation in geneva basically he meets luke and he believes heavily in the idea of a world in transition yep exactly perfect um to like the world that they came from 
Yeah, so these two get together and decide that they're going to create a, a religion, which is exactly what cult leaders do in my head. Um, <laughs> that's I'm serious, dude. Like, how how we, we how do you go from being like me and Nick are friends, but you know what we need? <laughs> we need a fucking cult that believes everything that we say is the word of God. That was- that will say die when we say die. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. I don't know if I put it I don't I don't think I put it here in the notes, but literally in like in the midst of all of this culty activity, Demambro starts proclaiming that only certain people can make special new age children. And so he's gonna play matchmaker. This oh, this happens after he's gonna put everybody with him. No, actually, surprisingly enough, he does do some weird shit where, like, he, uh, to initiate certain deep members of the cult, he has to bang their wives, of course. Um, of course. Because that's classic culty shit, but, like, yeah. he, he, no, he does this weird, like, so he, he has a kid, right? Uh-huh. And his kid is a divine new age, whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. And so in order to keep this facade going of these ethereal beings, which like um, a lot of like your commonly spoken about in real religions figures are ethereal beings, right? So Uh like Jesus, Allah, all that shit, like Buddha, all of them, they're somehow all included in this weird mythology that they're creating. These are all ethereal beings of the new age. Okay. So his daughter is magically, of course, because it's his daughter. Her name is uh, Emanuela. Um, her name is like literally named after Jesus in the Bible. She is one of the first new age beings, right? So he has to start creating more of these. So he starts picking cult members at random and being like, you have to make babies. Literally. And then he'll split those couples up and make them make babies with different people. So that, because he's like, you can't contaminate the bloodline. Dude, what's fucking mind blowing to me though is that <laughs> people were just like, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to go sleep with this person. My wife's going to go sleep with that person. Cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get that, or- you know. Monogamy is a construct for some people, but, like, what? The the main thing for me about it is just, like, okay, so um, we didn't put any of this in the notes, but there was the, these rituals that they would do. And one of them, he literally – are you fucking eating right now? <laughs> no. You're it's talking. A, it's, so it's okay. It's okay. You're, you're fine. I shouldn't have called you out. <laughs> You know what? Life goes on. Um, So these like, I know that this is getting a little bit ranty, but he would matchmake these people and they would just like take it at face value. He would also perform these rituals. So like Luke was the front man. Obviously, he was grabbing people off the street. And then once they were in the cult, they would mostly deal with Joseph. So Demambro did these actual rituals where like, there was not sufficient proof, but they're pretty sure that they would drug them to make them a little more susceptible to, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Influence, I guess. Um, and he literally like 
on a projector, like put one of the ethereal beings basically being like, this guy's right. He's got it all right. You should definitely be listening to him. He's the shit. And everybody's just like, cool, dude. Like, sick. I'm just going to listen to everything this fucking wackadoodle says. Um, this is a wackadoodle. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about Luke for a little bit. Um, Luke was described as, you know, the epitome of like an attractive guy. Like, he's very charismatic. He was well built, had a f- successful financial past. Um, yeah. And he also believed, so like these two wackadoodles together created this cult, right? So obviously Mr. Luke was uh, quite delusioned. Um, will you help me with his last name? Luke Jarnet? I think it's Jaurès. Jaurès? Yeah, because he's French. Yeah, 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 he is French. So it's probably his Jaurès. Um, Which like leads, leads credence to the whole like he's a dreamy dreamboat, but right. I think that's why... Uh, What's his fuck? What's his name? Demolio? Demombros. <laughs> um, I think that's. I think that's why Demombros like wanted him to be a part of it because not only was he good looking, but he was also a physician. So it would lead, it would lend them credibility to the public. Yeah. Um. To be like, oh, this guy is a part of our group, you know. Right. So, um, Luke would claim that he was a descendant of the Knights Templar, um, which is why they base so many of their beliefs off of the Knights Templar. That's why we went into the whole history of them. Um, Shortly after joining the organization that has now been called the uh, Order of the Solar Temple, um, I was going to write down the uh, French name, but I forgot. So you can look that up. Um. The French name is also really hard to say because I don't speak French. So let's let's be mm-hmm. let's all be grateful that I didn't write that down. Uh, um, okay, so uh, of course, you know, within like months of being in the group, Luke was immediately deemed uh, grandmaster. Um, within a year of the group, he was obviously playing a major part. So, like, from what I understand, Demombro came to Luke and was basically, like, we both have these, like, like I'm really curious, like, how you form a cult behind closed doors. You know what I mean? You come up to this dude well, and you're so like, we can we can talk all these fucking idiots and give them all, all, all their money. Like, all you have to do. All their money. Yeah. Cause and they, then we're going to make them kill themselves. Yeah. Um, the kill themselves part comes later so um yeah i guess i'm gonna end my but, bit about the uh i'm, I'm just gonna real quick just uh so by trade luke was a physician he was already well versed in the new age belief system kind of new agey stuff that was going on and so that's how him and demombro got together and then they together created the order of the solar temple okay sorry yeah go ahead. but really quickly uh, Demam- Demambro had Luke Jure join another cult, essentially. I don't oh. remember the name of it, but he had him like can... join into another organization, and that's when, shortly after he joined in, the Grand Master had died, which I guess he was like fit for the job, even though he was relatively new. So he took over, and then within a year. 
of him being like grandmaster, he was forced out of the group, but he took at least half of those members with him when he left. And then oh, that okay. was when him and Demambro formed Order of the T- Solar Temple. Oh, okay. Yeah. I missed that part in my research, so I'm glad you were able to clear that up. It was a really deep dive for me. Yeah. I mean, we, for those of you listening, we, we, this was a fucking convoluted story. Like, uh, every, every, like, you're pulling information from like six different websites to get just like a regular timeline. So, like, I, yeah. we apologize if there's any, any like back and forth going on, but like, a lot of this is coming from memory for us. Um, <laughs> of like, stuff that we and have we both have researched. ADHD so <laughs> right yeah um so, so who knows what's accurate okay so if you um, want to take over with the main beliefs of the solar temple yeah so this is just something again that i found on google um the solar temple beliefs uh i'm just going to read down this because it's a bullet list basically was to reestablish the correct notions of authority and power in the world and then affirming the primacy of the spiritual over the temporal, uh, giving back to man the conscious of his dignity, no idea what that means, mm. helping humanity through its transition, participating in the assumption of the earth in its three frameworks, body, soul, and spirit, contributing to the union of the churches and working towards the meetings of Christianity and Islam, and preparing for the return of Christ in solar glory. Yeah, so uh, I do have an interjection there. Uh, they believed that Jesus was a member of their new agey solar ethereal beings that was, you know, only going to come back if the world was prepped correctly for him. And LOL, LOL. Uh, they send help mayday. (laughs) Well, they believed that it was their job to prep the world for his return among like the, like Joseph DeMombro was a fucking loon that believed that he was like in his past lives was not only Jesus himself, but also he believed that he was like one of the pharaohs of Egypt. What do you call him? A wackadoodle? Yeah, he's a wackadoodle. Yeah, certified hashtag wackadoodle. Yeah. Oh no, I've started doing it too. <laughs> it's okay. Oh god. Okay. Well, do you want me to do like the first half of the peak before decline, and then you can jump into the gnarly shit? Yeah, yeah. I'll jump into the gnarly shit because I have some extra details about that. Yeah, which doesn't surprise anyone listening. Uh, no, I typically have the more fucked up information, don't I? Yeah, and I'm just here, you know, I'm the looks. I mean, <laughs> let's... Uh, I'm the pretty looks of this podcast. <laughs> you know what? Nick did a bunch of this research very well, and we appreciate her. In like 20 minutes, too. <laughs> I know. We prepared this podcast it, it so a, last minute. It was a mad dash. I'm going to Mexico this week, so it's like we're just yeah. we're just hoping and crossing every finger and toe that this comes out good. Oh, it'll be great. You know what? Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to it because we are a clusterfuck of happiness and dark shit. Yeah. Okay. There you go. (laughs) You had to ruin it. No. um, Okay. (laughs) So, so essentially the peak before this cult's decline, um, the way that they gained new members was 
Luke would go and do lectures and host radio shows. Yeah. Um, and he would gain like hundreds of followers doing this. So in eighteen in nineteen eighty three, he gives lectures in Switzerland, France, and Canada. In nineteen eighty four, this is kind of what we mentioned earlier. Um with inspiration from Jacques Breyer, a prolific esoteric author, the idea of creating clubs to feed into the group and spread its ideology while leading to more concrete action was solidified. This is what led to the creation of different group areas okay. for their cult. So what I found, and this could be totally different. I'm still not used to having my mic up here. Hey, it sounds so as much I better. Just, sounds so much as better. As I just go like, punching it across the room (laughs) um this is what led to the creation of different groups and this information could totally be different from what you found because like you mentioned earlier the information on this cult is so dense yeah that it's like you're really looking for a needle in a haystack yeah um and there's different accounts everywhere. So, like, if we're incorrect with this information, please let us know. We don't like spreading misinformation, but also, we're only fucking human. I'm only human. Um, okay. So, this ideology led to the creation of different group areas. The first area being called a mancha. Mm-hmm. which consists of external activity, so lectures and seminars. Right. Um, the second area is called the Arcadia Club, for those who are willing and ready to go a little further. So I, I'm assuming that's what you were mentioning earlier by saying they were willing to let go of like their finances and mm-hmm. you know dedicate themselves and like show their dedication to the cult or to the group or the cause. Yeah, they were they were like they believed in a commune style of living yeah, so they like, what's mine um, is yours? surrendered their ass yeah so they surrendered their assets to the cult so like the cult as a commune had access to their like stock portfolios their housing wealth their like literally their entire portfolio of wealth that's insane dude was released to the cult yeah um so then what I found was the third area was called International Chivalric Organizations of the Solar Tradition, which was essentially like right. member initiation. Like after you, like in this step, you were officially a part of the order. Not the 33 members, okay. but you were officially a part of like the 400 and whatever it was, 442 total members. Right. Um, so in the early 90s, so six years later, some members began to kind of distance themselves both financially and um, like physically from from all of it. They they began questioning right. uh, Demombro's authority and his mystical powers. Even his son questioned the visions and messages that his father was like delivering through the ceremonies that he had like claimed he was receiving insight and information from like the masters basically during these ceremonies the yeah so the these are the this is what i was talking about when he he was he was doing these like um like theatrical events Mm -hmm. where he would you know give members drugs and it was like the aura was um, being released from their body or whatever right yeah, yeah yeah and then 
from what I read and what I could find, I listened to two podcasts and three documentaries. Um, from what I could find, it wasn't only his son, but also his daughter was also like, who was this new age being was questioning him and a lot of their internal members who were like, I've been giving you money for a while. And you keep saying that this money is going to, you know, open new sex of our religion, yep. but um, you're driving a Bugatti right now. Yeah. So. So where's my money really going? Exactly. So with not not literally driving a Bugatti. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> I, I, that was a, that was a that was a a joke. But like they did they did have like really nice houses and stuff like that. So a lot of the members were like, "What is my money really going to if it's not to expand our belief system?" What's that song like? Show up, drove up in a new Bugatti. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, exactly. You you hit the nail on the head. So this leads me into the next point, which with existing groups' belief already seeming somewhat like so the initial group um, with the beliefs already being somewhat apocalyptic, which is how it was described in some right. of the research, research I found. Um, and now added with Demombro's fears of like being called out and his son having departed from the group because after he started questioning his father, he left, I guess. He departed from the cult. Um, the combination of all of that combined, which like anybody folding under pressure, you know, that's going to lead to something deadly, which... Right. Boom. Said the words, my man Josh is going to take it over from here. Okay. Uh, there is a name of this family. God damn it. I didn't write it down. I really wish I had. So basically what I was just going to get into is the last name of this family. So in a lot of sources, you'll find that there was a family of three, one being a baby, killed on October 4th in 1994. Um, they they say that it was a ritual killing, so I found more on that. Um, so this family was one of the groups that not only began to doubt DeMombro and Luke, but they actually left the group. They were out for almost an entire year. From what I could find, they left the group based on they were having a baby. She got pregnant, right? And they're a couple. And he he basically told them that they cannot have this baby because it's not as he hadn't made the match. Yeah. So that it was not going to be a new age baby, right? It wasn't going to be one of the ethereal beings. So they left the group basically being like, "You're full of shit, dude." Um, kind of like denouncing the whole order of the solar temple, and they had moved on with their lives yeah. for almost an entire year. Um, because she was only pregnant when they had left and. Uh, by the time that this killing had happened, the baby had been born. So this is where it gets a little dark. Um, the baby was proclaimed by Demombro to be the Antichrist. And the only way in their belief system to kill the Antichrist was to put a wooden dagger through its heart. Um, the baby was stabbed six times in the in the heart. And then afterwards, with a wooden dagger... Keep in mind, not not metal, not like a real dagger, a wooden carved dagger. Um, yeah, so this is what most people, most stories that I found glossed over. This was the true story of what happened to this poor family. 
So they kill the infant in front of the parents, and then they stabbed the woman, um, I believe it was 20-something times, six times in the throat, one in each breast, and 13 times in the back. The father was stabbed over 50 times. They didn't specify the locations that he was stabbed. Um, and this was supposedly for, you know, them birthing the Antichrist. But what really happened is they basically were like, you guys are full of shit. We're out of here. This is a bunch of mumbo jumbo. So it was a revenge killing. In a lot of the sources that we found, they called it a ritual killing. And that's what they told their followers, that this was a ritual killing to kill the Antichrist. Dude, that's insane. So it, I know it was so fucking sad and so fucked up. Um, and then the next day is when, what was it, 53 members? Yeah, 53 members in Canada and Switzerland committed suicide. 15 of which committed suicide. The rest were murdered, according to the evidence that they found by police. So this is when I want you to scroll down to the very bottom of our notes. Mm -hmm. You'll see a gun-shaped object. Mm -hmm. uh, this this was a, a makeshift gun. It wasn't a real firearm in the sense that like you had to individually load each bullet. Um, this was what I was able to find by a... Uh, a documentary so the investigators were able to determine that you had to individually load each round so they approximated it took over an hour to kill the members that were not committing suicide holy fuck um yeah so so uh, that was that the weapon that they used i'm actually going to put all of these photos on instagram i was going to say we're going to post all of this to instagram when we post okay, this cool. episode so but if you don't go over to our instagram uh go ahead and describe it the gun yeah, yeah yeah um so basically it looks like your average handgun or pistol it's got a wooden grip with like a silver type chamber and trigger pull um, but it looks like on the front of it, it's like there's taped, like red electrical tape. And then mm -hmm. literally just like a piece of metal pipe from like Homo Depot <laughs> and, uh, with like other random clamps and stuff to make, I don't know if they were trying, it makes like a really shitty silencer. Yeah. Um, which was its purpose. I don't know. That was the purpose? That was the supposed purpose. I mean, we, you know, granted, this is what the investigators were assuming because they yeah. obviously, you know, couldn't be there. And then if you go up to the first picture, this is the picture of the wreckage that had been left by the uh, fire that they started. Um, yeah, did which, you mention that? No, so I'm, I'm, I'm about to get into that. So they oh, okay. had committed their ritualistic suicide. So they lit everything on fire. So like the, the family of three that they murdered, they lit their house on fire. And then when they went to commit their own mass suicide, um, they also lit that building on fire. Yeah. That's so insane, that's how the world found out about the, the solar temple cult. And then, um, we also have a picture of their robes, if you want to describe their robes for those of us listening. Yeah. yeah, their robes are basically just like white cloaks with um, the red Knights of Templar cross, which is basically just a red cross 
with like a little it looks kind of like each end is made of like ribbon so it's like there's a dip in the middle um kind of eerie and spooky looking but for sure yeah yeah and then they had a logo if you want to get into the logo a little bit before and again if you want to see these photos i'm gonna post them on our instagram page uh on saturday after this episode comes out okay yeah the logo is interesting so if you're familiar with like the university of oregon um which is like the oregon ducks it has like the o looking o in the center with like a crescent shape on the right side facing towards the o and then it's so i mean in my mind it's like a solar eclipse Mm -hmm. so like the sun there's like a sun on one side that has like sun rays but then the top is a cross and it's funny because the bottom is an upside down cross which is a sign for the devil traditionally yeah and then there's like the o shape which i'm guessing is supposed to be a moon in the center um i don't know i don't like it aesthetically i don't like it (laughs) (laughs) yeah spiritually Um, mentally physically emotionally all the ways i don't like it right okay so we had the 53 members in canada and switzerland um they had set these devices that set the building on fire after they had committed their suicide um so the reason they were able to identify demombro's and luke's body because they were somehow unaffected by the fire what? Just like where they were positioned in the house before the fire got put out. Yeah. Wow. So they were their bodies were untouched by the fire. Um, That's interesting. And then um, about a year later, 16 more members committed suicide. Um, again, police were not sure if it was suicide or murder. Um, there were suspicions about it being murder. And then the final members of the cults to ascend um whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean uh (laughs) did that in march of 1996 so another year later so two years after the initial um initial mass suicide at this point you know their leaders had been dead for two years so that would have been a really good time to get out of the cult and then you have some uh additional notes down here if you want to go through those yeah so touching on that um after that last event taking place in March 1996 there were actually three members left behind but all three were teenagers that essentially oh. refused to participate um in the in the suicide ritual um so okay. they were they were able to explain the events supposedly to that had taken place and that and to attest that the people who had died had taken their own lives. Um, mm. But, you know, who knows if this is actually the case. It made it seem like their final message to the media was that they believed that they were, like, the last ones ready to take the final step. Like, it was only them that could do it, nobody else. Um, and essentially, I was I was curious as to what like the mindset that these people would have been in um, to, in order to right. do this. And so uh, what I found was that members of the group believed that they were quote, noble travelers on this planet 
for yeah, a, that doesn't scream Heaven's Gate at all. Yeah, right. Yes, <laughs> believe that they were noble travelers on this planet, and that they were reincarnated with a specific mission to fulfill their time here. Um, hmm. They felt that they were basically just passing through, awaiting their return to their true home, which I think is definitely where they get the influence from Heaven's Gate. And for right. those of you that don't know Heaven's Gate, we're we're going to talk about all of that. Yeah, we'll eventually do an Heaven's Gate episode. I just heard a really weird sound. Um, I heard laughter, so I imagine that was it. Yeah, I'm really sorry if you hear laughing. My future mother-in-law is in town. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're they're having a good old time with some margaritas out there. Um, right on. Anyway, so yeah, they they basically believed that they were just passing through this world awaiting to mm-hmm. return their to their true home and their mission essentially was to bring back the quote source of consciousness that they had gained mm. while experiencing life in this world so they were to bring that back to where they were from oh interesting so uh you're telling me that a cult told them that they're special and that's why they believe that they were special yeah you know like participation trophy yeah I don't know. You you get to be special. Oh, uh, that's how we draw you into cults, is we tell you that you are the chosen one, and that's why you get to live, and everybody else gets to fucking die. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> um, this I thought was really fucking eerie, and like super spooky, so this was an interview, I'm guessing, with a member just days before the... Uh, days before the 1994 incident, which was like the mass suicide and or murder um, mm. from a member. It's quote, and bear with me with this because the writing is odd. So, quote, I, a light bearer since the most remote times, the time which was given to me on planet Earth is completed, and I go back freely and willingly to the place from which I came at the beginning of times. Happiness fills me because I know that I have fulfilled my duty and that I can bring back in peace and happiness my capitalized energy enriched through the experience which I have lived on this earth, back to the source from which everything comes. It is difficult for man on earth to understand such a choice, such a decision, to leave willingly one's terrestrial vehicle, but such is it for all of those who carry with them light and cosmic consciousness and know where they go back. Yeah, fucking wackadoodle. <laughs> wackadoodle Um And then, yeah, according, this is just another quote. According to the Solar Temple, 26,000 years ago, the blue star, related to Sirius's energy, left on the Earth, sons of the one. It appears in the sky every time it is needed and responds to magnetization when humanity lives its crisis of transmutation. I have no fucking idea what that means. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's some shit. That's some shit. Can we then... can we time out really quickly? You or you can keep going. I just have to pee. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Don't trust atoms. They make up everything. I went to buy some camouflage trousers the other day, but I couldn't find any. <laughs> Rest in peace, boiled water. You will be missed. 
I can hear him laughing in the background. Why does Snoop Dogg always have to carry an umbrella? Faux drizzle. <laughs> I want you to know that I heard all of those. And I was fucking life laughing my ass off. I thought I heard you <laughs> chuckling in the background. Uh, That's impressive that the mic picked that up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so one <laughs> one last little bit before I think we send this off to the solar plane. <laughs> uh, see what I did there? No, no, it's the ethereal realm. Oh, ethereal realm. Sorry. Yeah. So don't forget, we're special. We're, you and me, we're special. We're, we're special. So yeah, basically, that's why, that's why we're in the cult. <laughs> we are in a cult of our own choosing. We're just 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 a member of two, and whoever decides to actually listen to this fucking <laughs> podcast, um, the cult of the chillers. Yeah. So basically, to prepare for this event, members of the order believed that it was necessary to enter a higher spiritual plane, and so that's essentially what led them all to end their lives which is very fucked up no what's the (laughs) other we've been talking about it all night heaven's gate oh yeah yeah yeah. okay very heaven's gate-esque um you know leaving this realm to their real realm or the the and you know Maybe that is a thing. Maybe we're all the naive ones, and they're actually like little Cosmo bits of dust floating around, being like, "Ha ha, fuck you," <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, where where you where you lose me in that in that spiritual realm is where uh, you're the only person that gets to hear the messages from God or the ethereal being, and like magically you have to fuck my wife to for it to all work out. Yeah, that's 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 where you lose me. Like. I, I'm all for, you know, spiritualism and, and uh, and you know, potential reincarnation. Yeah. We'll get into maybe some stories. Uh, I've read some interesting stories about, you know, people who may or may not believe their, or remember their past lives, but yeah. and that's all in the realm of, like, the spooky and, and chilling, and I'm interested in all of that. I find all of that interesting, but... But we don't subscribe to cults. <laughs> no, you definitely lose me at the part where it's like, I have to first give you all my money. Second, you get to bang my wife. And or and or, you know, I've heard of cults where like you had to bang me too. Uh, yeah. Not just my wife. You had to bang me and my wife. Uh, you lose me at all of that. And uh, the you're the divine messenger um, really gives me a real real culty vibe um so you know for those of us listening to this podcast i think the main takeaway is uh if somebody is claiming to be the reincarnation of jesus just call them crazy and move on with your day just (laughs) don't walk away (laughs) just call him a wackadoodle to his face and then move on with your life you know exactly exactly that's all you gotta do man Um, i that one was Dude, cults are fucking weird, too. Because, like, the thing with them is, like, you're always like, I'm smart enough to never join a cult. And then you find out that there's a neurophysicist in one. And you're like, hmm. 
You're, I'm definitely not smarter than you are. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, I'm smart enough to not join a cult, but I'm also not dumb enough to join one. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going to subscribe to that. Like, I'm not dumb enough to join a cult. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying how many meat sacks have joined cults. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, I guess I guess our, our message at the end of this podcast is... uh. Don't don't listen to anybody who thinks he's space Jesus. Just don't be fucking stupid. <laughs> Just don't be stupid, how about? Um Yeah. You know? I mean, that's all I got to say. Just don't be stupid. If well, actually, hold on. This was some wise advice I got from my mom, who got from her dad, I think, who probably got it from the internet. <laughs> if you're gonna be stupid, you better be tough. You know what? I have some also good advice. If you're going to do wrong right, do wrong right. <laughs> I said that wrong. You want to give it another The line <laughs> Yeah, let's let's try that again. If you're going to do wrong, you better do wrong right. There you go. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Um that is a quote from Devil Makes 3. <laughs> oh god, I love it. Um well, yeah, that was the uh, Order of the Solar Temple. Fucking weird cult that all decided to commit suicide, and that's super sad. But also, we got to make fun of some two wackadoodles who unfortunately took the lives of, um, admittedly, other wackadoodles. I think it was like 76 people total, or 72 people total. Yeah. Um, the unfortunate reality is the majority of those people... When it got to the end, probably knew that this wasn't going to end well for them, and it didn't. Yeah. And, like, only a handful of them actually did that willingly. Which is true for, I believe it's the Heaven's Gate cult, um, that all of you know as the don't drink the punch recipe. Or, uh, recipe. Um, don't drink the punch, uh, or don't drink the Kool-Aid the Kool Aid. Jonestown. Yeah, is the yeah Jonestown's the Heaven Gate. No. No, no, it's not. Jonestown. Yeah, yeah. The jungle. Yeah, Jonestown. Okay, but yeah, um, don't drink the Kool Aid. And a, just, uh, yeah, it's a good it's a good rule of thumb, especially if the fucking Kool Aid man comes crashing through your wall. Don't drink the fucking Kool Aid. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, what are you so happy about? Get the fuck out. <laughs> It's like Santa Claus, but so much worse. (laughs) But so much fucking worse. God, yeah. Uh, Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Stay out of cults. Yeah. Um, So next week, we are going to cover some folklore. Get back to our roots in this podcast a little bit. I mean, our roots are all things spooky. So we're definitely going to cover more cults in the future. But um, I want to move over to some lore just because... I feel like it, and Nick's all about it. Um, and I don't know what the lore is yet. I'm kind of thinking that it's going to be uh, some Mexican folklore, just because like, I like that part of the, the North American lore. So we'll down. go... We'll probably go to Mexico for our next episode. Hey, I'll um, be in not- Mexico in two days. Yeah, so it's just it's just a, it's just like a lot more fitting, you know. That's so maybe, you know what? 
we're guaranteed going to go to Mexico. I don't know what uh, folklore we're going to cover from Mexico. Maybe it'll be Chupacabra. Maybe it will be uh, La La Reina. La Llorona. La Llorona. Regardless, um, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, regardless, it'll be a great episode. Um, if you want to support the podcast financially, you can do that via Patreon. It'll be in the show notes, the description of YouTube when I finally fucking post these episodes to YouTube. And uh, if you want to find us on social media, we are at bcbrews underscore podcast on Instagram. Again, we will leave that link below. And then we're going to be a little bit more active here in the future when I have a little bit more time to run our social medias. Um, So more social media links will appear. But for now, to get all show notes and updates on episodes, go to bcbrews underscore podcast at Instagram. And then feel free to email us at bonechillingbrews at gmail uh, for your personal stories, updates, fact checking if i say something stupid by all means call me out i am happy to correct myself um yep 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 yep. and we love you fuckers thanks for listening to bone chilling brews wait i have one um yeah definitely by all means um last week we mentioned that we were going to be doing an extra episode for halloween oh right but we are human beings who have surprisingly very busy lives and we unfortunately didn't get to or to do the recording for the Ed Gein episode, so we are going to save that for another time. Um, if you're lucky, there may be something in store for you as an extra little tidbit for Halloween, but for now, we're just planning on releasing this episode this uh, Friday, which will be the 28th. And, you know, we're human. We're not perfect. We are... On the other hand, going to be doing a Christmas-related folklore. Yes. So we are doing uh, an episode on Krampus, which is a uh, Norse mythology god or other um, uh, for Christmas. Um, We apologize about not being able to do the bonus episode for Halloween this year, um, but... Just means you'll have to stick with us long enough next year to get, you know, some good shit. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, this won't be the only bonus episode we're going to do in the future. So, uh, yes. with that being said, we appreciate all of our chillers that hang out with us every uh, week for the episodes. Again, if you don't have the financial backing to support us, if you could just drop us a five-star rating and leave a comment on any of the platforms that you're listening. We would very much appreciate that. We appreciate you just listening as well. So any and all support is very welcomed. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we fucking love you guys. Thanks so much for uh, listening to a couple of friends who are just making a podcast. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, I think we're out of here. Do you have uh, any little thing you want to say? No. All right. Well, don't be a wackadoodle. Yeah, don't be a fucking wackadoodle. We will see you next week. Much love.